You're listening to the Disney One by One podcast, a chronological look at every Disney animated classic and beyond. Here's your host, Mike Rolfing. Hey there again and welcome to Disney One by One. This week we're talking about Bambi from 1942. And as always, remember you can check us out all over the internet at Disney One X One. And if you could leave us a rating and review on iTunes, it'd be much appreciated. We have some more iTunes reviews this week. First from D. Keener. says, can't wait for more. Love reminiscing with these guys and remembering why these Disney films are such classics. Great job, funny and informative. Thanks for that. From Mallory 823 all the little things make this podcast great. The 60-second recap, the sound bites from the movies and old news clips. These details make listening to this an experience rather than an information dump. We're doing our best. And from Keen Acres, the scope of this show is broad, from technical discussions to sentimentality to fun facts. This show pleases, upbeat, and entertaining from start to finish. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for writing those reviews. If you've written one, you'll hear it eventually. If you haven't yet, write us one, and we'll read it here on the show. And with me as always today is my brother, David Rolfing. David, welcome back to Disney One by One. Thanks for having me back, Mike. To this day, I still haven't shot a deer and. This movie, I don't know, makes me never want to shoot one. Have you been deer hunting ever? No. I haven't either. <laughs> Not once. And our special guest today, my friend and former co-worker, Jeremy Cor- How do you pronounce your last name? Corey? I don't know. I need to Is rebrand. Yeah, people say Corey. You can give it a little flair. Cry. Cray. I'll take that. Yes. I can't be your brother as well. Can we be just no. blood brothers or something? Can we step brothers? Maybe we'll work on that. We'll do some DNA tests. <laughs> how does how does your wife pronounce your last name? Corai. She gives yeah. it the South American Sofia Vergara yeah, flair. Colombian. See, si, see, si, Jeremia si. Corai. That's si. how I pronounced it in South America. So I made it work. It was great yeah. being down in yeah. South America. I was like this giant six foot four white god. It was just like, <laughs> who is this man? How can he be so freckly and so moly? What is this? It was a country not made for me, Ralphings. I was running into lamps. I was taking out like ceilings and things. And we were, were like Wreck-It Ralph or something. I tried to bring it back to Disney there for a second. <laughs> Which I'm going to take it away from Disney for a second. Oh. Jer- Jeremy, you have like you have a history in animation. Yes, I want to talk I've about watched that a, a lot of bit. cartoons as a little kid. Well, that and you and you worked in it for a while, which is I what did. I want to talk about. Yeah, I got to produce a, uh, a show in 2011 for Nickelodeon's Nicktoons network, Voltron Force, and uh, it was a dream come true, especially for a, a Voltron fan like like myself who who grew up on the Robot Lions. And people don't realize that Voltron came from St. Louis. It was a uh, attempt from Channel 11 KPLR to bring some uh, cheaper programming, quite frankly, over, and it became this overnight sensation. So. Uh, you younger kids who watch the Power Rangers, it was like a Sentai show, yeah. robot lions coming together. You can watch the new season on Netflix uh, from DreamWorks, the, that studio. We'll see how they do. We'll see how they put it together. But yeah, I got to uh, produce it alongside Kickstart Entertainment and really learned a lot about animation, the process, everything from you know, uh, you know, walk cycles to just character turns. Um, we did we did all of our character designs and things in Vancouver, wonderful city. I learned that Canada really supports their artists. Uh, financially and just, you know, with tax credits, all the wonderful things there. And then did the animation itself in Manila. And uh, it was awesome. 26 episodes. I was mainly on the story side, but I got a lot of respect for people who, you know, and, and I don't look at animation the same and just realizing how, you know, difficult the process is and just so many wonderful technological advancements and things that everyone can do on a laptop now is just really wonderful. And that's what kind of I thought of while, while watching our movie uh, this week is just how <laughs> wondrous this must have been to audiences at the time 
Right. When that when Voltron was first brought over, was it already animated and you just like yes. re-recorded the dialogue? Yeah. Or what was and let's be clear that the original Voltron in 1984, I was, you know, seven years old or whatnot. So I was watching yeah. that with the rest of us. And like a lot of uh, Japanese animation at the time, um, you know, Toei, who the original producers had produced that coming out of, you know, World War II, where they took all the munitions factories and turned them into um, like tin robot toys. They, they go into this during uh, the Transformers on the Toys Who Made Us on Netflix, which I highly recommend. Uh, I watched the Star Wars episode of that. Check out the Transformers ones. It's fascinating just to see all the, the lineage there. And and so Toei was making robot shows, these Sentai shows, for all of these different you know robot brands. And, and through a mistake, a translation mistake, uh, we were originally going to launch like three different Voltrons of the near, far, and uh, middle universe. They said, send us the one with the lion. But they meant a show called <laughs> Daltanius. But instead they got Beast King Go Lion, and the rest is history. It just became this really easy show to watch. But uh, it's great, and Voltron still follows me everywhere as far as just, you know, people, you know, I, in the neighborhood, they call me Voltron. Here comes Voltron. Mr. Voltron, can, can my son spend the night? So uh, I still uh, whip out the uh, costume every once in a while I for, was going to uh, ask. Halloween. We, we, yeah, we had at Cool Fire where Jeremy works, they throw these gigantic Halloween parties every year. And I'll never forget the year that Jeremy came in in the seven-foot-tall Voltron costume that took three people to get him into and had the light-up eyes. Yes. And he just walks into the mosh pit in this <laughs> massive robot costume. Surprisingly, uh, you know, agile in, in that thing. That was a rock star that we had that made in Canada. I remember taking it to San Diego Comic-Con, and, you know, Bob Coppler, my cohort there, was like, oh, it's disappointing. And, boy, he walked out of that elevator. It was like, ding, <laughs> just rock star <laughs> entrance. That thing is so beat up now, we're all thinking, I don't know. We'll have to turn it into a <laughs> to an Iron Giant outfit for Ready Player One or something. Right. So you don't do so bad on Halloween yourself, Mr. Mad Max. I, I, I do my best. <laughs> About every three years, I go all out. Nice. Well, I've got something for this year, so it's on. I choose you, Pokemon. That's awesome. You worked on that. I'm a huge fan of many Japanese anime series, so I haven't seen Voltron, but I'll... I want to check it oh, out man. now. So you good kids promotion. Gotta, yeah, you got to see the history behind it, man. You got to see where all this stuff comes from. What new anime are you watching? Like Sword Art Online or these weird stuff or Haika Yaka Yoko? What, 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 what's out there? Sword Art Online was actually the last one I watched. How'd well, you there know? you go. I can see <laughs> yeah. it through the Skype brain. I don't know if you guys have that yeah. plug-in or not, but I can <laughs> see right in there. <laughs> and a couple, couple more recent Netflix series as well. I can't remember the names right now. Castlevania last oh, summer yeah. was a little weird. But, yeah, a little yeah. weird. Yeah, our childhood. Like, oh, we didn't think it would end up like this. Super violent. And then uh, if you haven't seen Attack on Titan, that'll blow your mind. Fair, fairly yep. recent, last 10 years. Kind of uh, fantastic cinematic stuff. So there's, there's good stuff everywhere it's a great time and rick and morty is like animation wise like literally my favorite thing ever i don't want to create any more shows after watching that it's just so smartly written i'm like how could anything be funnier than this well i know nothing about japanese anime but i do know a lot about disney and i'm sure jeremy you you being being the pop culture nerd that you are probably oh. grew probably grew up some, on some disney movies so tell how me dare you sir your brief uh, Disney history. If well, you how dare you make an assumption and a stereotype <laughs> about my uh, suburban uh, uh, Highland, Illinois life? You'd be surprised, like many stereotypes, I will bust this and say Disney had very little effect wow. on my uh, early life. To me, animation was Transformers, G.I. Yeah. Joe, Voltron, Thundercats, and watching that sort of thing, okay. and Silverhawks. Th to me, that was where animation was, and defined it as that. Though I do remember Fox 
and the Hound is probably my first movie memory of going to the theater. My grandma Ordner taking me there. And I did the math. I had to be like four years old, but distinctly remember seeing Fox and the Hound. Yeah, that came out in 1981. Yes. Yeah. And I was born in 77. So, you know, just nothing. Tiny Jeremy coming in there. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. I didn't rent the Disney movies growing up. I can remember my first movie rental was like Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger, which (laughs) having watched recently as a parent is like, no, what the hell? What parent would do this? My parents were just (laughs) loose like that. They just sort of like, ah, Red Dawn, ah, RoboCop. What is this stuff? It's fine. He's Hellraiser. He's raising hell. He's a Hellraiser. And so we would watch these horrifically like, you should not be watching this stuff. Back when I was pretty young on VHS, there just wasn't this sort of, uh, you know, there wasn't commonsensemedia.com at the time. So When when was the PG-13 rating even invented? Uh, that was either Gremlins or, or uh, Return uh, 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 Temple, Temple of Doom. Doom. Yeah. 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 So, the, so what year was that? Like 84? Four would it have been something like that? Raider, uh, yeah, it's uh, and and going back now as a father, I'd say Disney. Now only do I have an appreciation of that. Sure. So, um, I do remember distinctly, you know, Lion King was the first job I had was schlepping corn at a theater, and uh, Lion King was opening weekend, so they were staffing up, and uh, got my Yeti butt beside the uh, soda machine, and uh, so I think I have that movie memorized just from hearing it. Did you either of you guys ever work in a movie theater? We did not. Oh, I surprised. I, I applied for a job in one, and yeah. they like offered me the job, but then I like never heard back, and so it never happened. How does that work? So you, so you got the job at the ice cream place instead, right? <laughs> yeah, I ended up working at at at, at, a, at Oberweiss Dairy oh, and nice. Ice Cream instead. Nice. Yeah. I've discovered that place. You can get bacon and eggs there. It's great. Really. Yes, you go there, and then every, every once in a while, I'm like, "Oh, I can get eggs, bacon." Oh, kinda, like kinda in, from from the, the refrigerator. refrigerator. Yeah, they don't make you breakfast. No, no, okay. no. Though I suppose they would. They're so <laughs> nice. <laughs> Here's the bacon. You're gonna make it. Damn it. <laughs> when, when I worked there, there was no there were no rules on what employees could consume, <laughs> and I was like in tenth grade, and I had three milkshakes a night. It's it's it's, and I would bring stuff home for my dad, and he would like put in orders, and I would just make smoothies and milkshakes. <laughs> my brother got and fired from Hardee's. For doing that, they they now do rolfing. They yeah. call it the rolfing rule. Uh, I'm thanks sure to you. that's pro- probably why. <laughs> so, what are we talking about today? Uh, well, Rolfings? first off, I got one more thing. Okay, little little housekeeping. Yeah, we ask all of our guests what their top five favorite Disney movies are. I don't uh, know if you even have them, but I. I do, and only because of, like, later as a dad now. But yeah. I will, you know, I'll start with, with, with Lion King. And these are in no particular order. Okay. Though I do have a favorite of them all. I'll start with Lion King because, my goodness, if you know, Can You Feel the Love Tonight resonates in my head of, like, scooping up gum and puke and jujubes <laughs> and, like, all this crazy stuff from the floor. <laughs> it just reminds me of just the endless cycle of the Lion King and kids running up asking for a refill. And you're like, you just got a refill. Take your cap off. It's Illinois Laws. I'm sorry. It's a health thing. Take the cap off. What? You got to take your top <laughs> off. What? How dare you talk? No, you got to take your top. Just, okay. Fill up the soda. And then they'd run down. You just hear like, gum, 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 gum. and then they'd run back and like, can I have another refill? Like you spilled that, didn't you? No, I did. Yes, you spilled it. Now take the top off. So Lion King is in there somewhere. And then 97's Tarzan. I yeah. just love, I remember seeing it, you know, I was in college at the time uh, uh, and just Phil Collins. And I'll have you know, if you flip it to the Spanish track, which we do at home sometimes, 
Phil Collins sings in Spanish. He's like, really? no one's going to sing these songs but me. And it is beautiful. <laughs> By the way, every Latin love song has mi corazon in it. At some point, it's like a law down there. Uh, how, do you, the, how do you say two worlds, one family? Dos, dos mundos. Dos sierras. Uno familia. Un familia. Yeah, un familia. I'll, uh, I'll have my, ask my son. He's my translator out here. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph, of course. Uh, uh, love yeah. that being a video game. You know, Big Hero 6, I thought was uh, awesome stuff as well. Just advancements and animations. But the one I think is just kind of a, you know, I don't know if people sleep on it, but I, I, I don't think so. I was looking at its box office, but I thought Zootopia was such a great social commentary and just a fantastic surprise. It just kind of looked like any other talk. And then just the just the way it all unfolded. I loved it so much and thought it was one of their best, if not the best, you know, piece of work they've they've ever done, not counting any of the Pixar's. Yeah, that, that's great, and and you're actually the first person to, to mention that. I need to watch that movie again because it's I watched it once and I don't really remember it. Oh. And that was the same year as Moana, and I love Moana. Really, uh, they did I two do. that year. Yeah, and so like I, I I definitely saw Moana and I didn't see see Zootopia, and I watched it like at home on DVD, and I I don't know, I need to revisit that for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, that's got some undercurrents on it that are really interesting and relevant, and just you know e- everything, the characters and the way it unfolds. Though I will I'll throw a shout out and an honorable mention to the. Uh, the Ichabod Crane uh, shorts that they would show that stuff to us in school, like on 16 millimeter, they would thread that stuff up and yeah. it scared the bejesus out of us. And then like, you know, I kind of remember seeing uh black cauldron then in the theaters and just kind of those Disney, you know, the black there's sheep weird, of the family. Weird, yeah. Yeah. weird and just creepy and all that stuff. So, uh, so those are what I, I would say are my, and then, you know, if you count Disney's DuckTales as far as like that did, <laughs> Uh, I, I did end up watching that when I was younger, but, you know, more the Disney afternoon type stuff. But I stopped at DuckTales, sir. I did not get into Rescue Rangers, Darkwing Duck. Tailspin? Tailspin, no, sir. See, that's the generation gap. Can you feel it? Can you feel it? <laughs> and David, what cartoons were you watching on TV? There was like... Oh, I lived on DuckTales and all the ones you just named. They played them on Toon Disney. I don't, they're probably reruns, maybe. I don't know. But I watched all those, yeah. The classics. <laughs> and then the Cartoon Network, you know, segment of Dexter's Lab, Courage the Cowardly Dog, wow. uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. There are lots of, you know, there's kind of two different worlds, Disney and Cartoon Network. Right, right. All right. And with that, we will move on to Bambi. And now, our feature presentation. From Snow White, we gained more experience and the courage to take another big step. We'd make a cartoon feature starring only animals. Now we'd long been interested in the works of Felix Salton, and one of these we felt was ideal. It was Bambi, the story of a deer. All right, and as always, some historical context for you to start off this Bambi episode, or to carry on this Bambi episode. Bambi is based on a 1923 Austrian novel by Felix Sultan called Bambi, A Life in the Woods. It was originally supposed to be the second animated feature following Snow White, 
but they were having story problems and problems animating the animals and decided to just kind of push it off and develop it further. Uh, they tried a lot of different adaptations of the story because it's a novel being turned into a very short feature film and finally kind of settled on what they wanted to do. The animators visited the Los Angeles Zoo and they also brought a number of animals into their studio to observe and to, to assist in their animation. The movie actually was about 12 minutes longer on its original incarnation and they had to cut some of it to save money. It was ultimately released in August of 1942 and then subsequently released six more times in classic Disney fashion, just re-releasing and re-releasing. Um, its first release, it didn't quite make its budget of 1.7 million, but it did eventually surpass that. There was kind of an outcry from, from the hunting world when this movie came out, which I'm sure we'll get to. Um, but it is now very much viewed as a classic Disney film. So, David, I'm sure you have some fun facts to accompany this. I do. So, first, um, the book that this movie is based off of, the Nazis hated and banned the book because they thought it was an allegory of the plight of the Jewish people in Europe, I guess, trying to <laughs> escape them. Or I guess the woods are the Nazis or the, the hunter. I'm not really sure. but Hitler's the hunter. We know that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, there are fewer than 900 words in the whole movie, so spoken. Mm. And then a little behind the scenes, the Disney animators would yell, the man is in the forest, which I believe is a quote from the movie, but they would say it to mean that Walt was coming down the hallway. Nice. Funny. So kind of look out, the, the big man's coming. Um, and then one last one, the actor that voiced Bambi Donnie Dunnigan. Um, it was the only movie he did, and then he became a career Marine and their youngest ever drill instructor. So he kind of hid the fact that he voiced Bambi from his Marine Corps because he wanted to keep that, like, you know, uh, <laughs> gruff uh, status. Yeah. Right. Sergeant Bambi says, sit down, give me 20. Okay. Yeah, I actually found I found an interview because the, the, he and the guy who did the voice of Thumper are still alive, and they did kind of a press tour when the Blu-ray came out, and it was actually really interesting to hear them talk about it. Really? You can find they, that on YouTube. They must yeah. be enjoying those residual checks. Just kidding. They probably bought them out because Disney was so mean to animation unions. Well, and because they were kids. They were... The, the, the kid who played Thumper was like five years old at the time. Well, so. Their parents must have enjoyed that. Spent it all on the rum and dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for those fun facts, David. And for those of you who haven't seen this movie in a while or have not seen it at all, here is a summary of Bambi in 60 seconds. Bambi begins with a doe giving birth to a fawn named Bambi, who will one day be prince of the forest. Congratulations. Bambi quickly befriends a rabbit named Thumper, who teaches him to walk and talk. He makes some other friends, like a skunk named Flower and another deer named Faline. While Bambi is out and about one day, man is spotted. The animals flee to safety, and Bambi is briefly separated from his mother as Man fires his gun in the distance. The season changes to winter as Bambi and Thumper play in the snow together. Later, Bambi's mother takes him to find food. Quick, the thicket! But Man returns, shooting and killing Mother, leaving Bambi alone. Mother! The great prince deer, who is now revealed to be Bambi's father, accompanies him home to safety. Time passes to the next year as Bambi has grown up quite a bit. The wise owl tells the young animals that they will eventually fall in love. They're twitterpated. Soon enough, Bambi and Faline start to take a liking to each other. But there's another deer that wants Faline, and he and Bambi engage in a fierce fight. Bambi fends off the other deer and wins the heart of Faline. 
Not much later, a fire erupts in the forest as man has returned. The deer are attacked by hunting dogs, but they manage to flee and reach shelter on a riverbank. Time passes again as Feline gives birth to two babies, and Bambi is crowned as the great prince of the forest. All right, so Bambi, Jeremy, I, I chose you specifically for this movie, mainly because I knew you can talk about anything. And so I, I, I didn't have many preconceived notions about this movie, and I'm curious what yours were before actually watching it. Well, look, you, you rolfing boys making me watch this. Gosh darn it. Uh, I have to say, uh, going into it, I was going like it was, was going to be a painful experience in the forest and just Bambi, so many kitty images come to mind. I sat down, I was procrastinating, I didn't want to watch it, <laughs> grab my kids, and, and we're messing with the Apple TV, just trying to get it right. But my God, I was not expecting this emotional roller coaster on the seasons of life and yeah. death and winter is coming <laughs> and my god what an experience this ended up being it really seized me and audiences at the time must have just been blown away at just that this is animation and you can tell the animators themselves were kind of like you know they were definitely in their fantasia zone and things were sort of in pieces and in just everything had a different look from the you know the buck fight to the winter and you know what beautiful backgrounds and i know that's yes. among in the animation community you know the tyrus wong backgrounds and things are just so rich and lush and that's what uh, i believe a lot of this is known for but just the sheer you know joy of this animation you could tell at least for the first half right act one or something they're just they're just kind of like relishing that they got this stuff to move and audiences yes, must exactly. just there's there's no real plot at the first part it's just kind of like you know we're so spoiled now these each character comes up like oh that's that's voice by Kevin Hart and you know this thing this <laughs> oh well that's you know whatever they just were so look at this look what we can do isn't this amazing how this rabbit jumps around and it's life in the forest it was just what an experience that must well, have and, and been the, and the first the very first shot of the movie was a good 30 seconds minute long just. like panning and pushing through the trees yes, yes. which we take that for granted so yes. much today but they literally as, as david and i have discussed in some previous episodes had to like have this 20 30 foot tall camera wow. contraption that had different layers yes so they could adjust them to make that sort of parallax movement and, you know and that shot was like really long and i think it ended up on some characters at the end yeah amazing work and it just sort of it just sort of floats for the first part of the movie i called it like the terrence malick stage of it it's kind of you know tree <laughs> of life we're just we're just floating, man. We're just having fun in the forest. We're just, you know, we're finding things. And, you know, I was kind of checked out of it because it, it is, you know, it's tough to watch. My daughter, seven years old, was, was into it. It was all cute and everything. But, you know, some yeah, of the stuff. She's, just... she's used to minions. and Yes. She's used to where's the fart joke. Every page there's a fart joke. Let's get it in. So it definitely. But, you know, it, it, it hypnotizes you. And by the time you get to you know, uh, 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 Bambi's mother, which we can get into, yeah. that's when it just sort of grips you and you really start to see it as this, like, cycle of life and, and you know, the, just the seasons of it all. And I don't know, I, maybe I saw a little Miyazaki in there from, like, Princess Mononoke, who, you know, he has the whole forest god and such. So, yeah, what would you guys think in rewatching this? Thing? Yeah, D David, had you seen this movie before? Yes, I remember seeing it. I think it's one of the Disney classics that we probably had on VHS. 
in the house because there's no other way I would have seen it. Right. But the things I remembered from it were Bambi's mom getting shot, probably because it scarred me as a kid. <laughs> um, and then the fire in the woods, which I also remembered the fire from Dumbo. So I don't know what... There's a fire that sticks in your memory. I guess it's just the you know, the action part of it, maybe. Yeah, I didn't remember much about the movie besides that. But honestly, those are kind of the big turning points in the story or the big, you know, parts that matter. The first act of the movie is a little bit like storyless, as you mentioned, he's just kind of meeting some people and living and growing up a little. So that was definitely a little bit, a little bit slow for me, which there's a little bit more going, going on. But yeah, definitely impressed by the animation, like you said. And it's a kid's movie, but I tried to watch it as a kid as much as I could, and I definitely enjoyed it. Interesting. It's like an hour runtime or just over a little of an hour. I wonder it's if they, very short. Yeah, they had to have paired it with some shorts or something at the beginning, I would think. Or maybe that's how, uh, you know, they could run more matinees or something uh, on it. But yeah, it is a whole just kind of seasons of from childhood to teenager. They all become, you know horny teenagers in act two and are warned are, are warned by the owl you're going to become horny teenagers they deny it and five seconds later they're horny teenagers yes thumper's foot going was just like, that's a thumping. little much that's a metaphor and just everyone the skunk and and bambi finding uh and his gal and everything so yeah feline uh, feline yeah very interesting and then you know just yeah, as you mentioned the fire sequence which I don't know. I don't think that that, that hand-drawn fire, that's tough to do. That's tough without that kind of, you know, particle things and such. <laughs> um, um, but, but yeah, I don't know. Did you guys feel like – I definitely see where the uh, anti-hunter well, – from the my, my father is a deer hunter, and he'll take us up to the deer club, and I won't kill a deer, but I'll scare the crap out of it just to let it know that I could have. I could have, but – it, uh, uh, yeah, they, those hunters just blast the crap out of anything that moves. I'm pretty sure that sequence during the summer, they don't have their hunting license and they are just literally shooting birds. Anything is I, maybe that's what it was like in the forties. Hunters Probably. just went to the woods and played halo and just absolutely machine gunned anything that moved, including cute little birds and forest animals. But I can that definitely was see. brutal. So brutal. Even worse than Bambi's mom getting shot. The pigeons yeah. like. I gotta go. I oh, I can't get to go. I can't go. And the friends are like, "No, please." That was please terrifying. Don't go up. Yes. Bang. Just it's nailed. Really bad. He's almost here. I can't stand it any longer. Yeah, watching this movie, I definitely watched this a bunch as a kid, because as I was watching it, I was getting a lot of you know, deja vu or or yes. f- memories flooding back into my mind of certain lines when he's going bird. And, yeah. and just a lot of things, the, the, the music, the songs, the, the that rain sequence. So I definitely saw this a lot as a kid. I did not really remember the themes and that sort of thing, but they were very, very obvious and kind of impressive. As Jeremy, as you said, it did remind me a lot of Terrence Malicky at the front. There really was no plot. It was just sort of like, let's show you some beautiful things that don't really fit together. It's Fantasia. I mean, they really were coming off Fantasia and just just so delighted to show you moving images of animation. That was kind of enough, you know. But then, but they're so they're they're st- I think they're still impressive today. I mean, they are no I doubt. Mean, you need you need to put it in the context, you know, of 
they didn't have computers and they literally are hand drawing all this stuff. But that's amazing. Yeah, that was the attraction, though. You didn't need nowadays, whatever, to your point, we need character exposition and just everything up front and kind of, okay, where's our fart jokes? And our, you know, it just seems like whatever. They balance out physical comedy, which this, you know, does as well with the, the, with the owl coming and telling everybody to cut down, which was kind of interesting because it was like, Oh, he can hear like the whole chorus and the music, and they brings it back to film school, like diegetic sound, non diegetic like, <laughs> yeah. like oh, he's hearing the soundtrack, <laughs> like, or is he just hearing the? Tw- he, do they? Okay, what's he hear? Them talking English, but I, you know, in just reading up a little bit of it and just reading the the book it was based on, it is interesting. It did strike me on that that final shot with Bambi and you know his father. Uh, you know, is the father going off to die? As in, in the mm. book, I believe it alludes to like he he goes off to die somewhere while you know Bambi takes over, which he's gonna have the same problem. Sergeant Bambi, the uh, voiceover artist, did, just kind of like you're Prince Bambi. You have to rule this forest now and take out these hunters. I'd like to think they they go off and uh, you know get a get a party going, get a revenge party. Now there was a sequel, right? Bambi's two back when they uh, uh, back when, there is. Yes, they, they do. I think it was yes. probably a direct to DVD oh, or something. Direct to video. They love doing that. What if we took these classics, throw a two on it, and just threw it up in a direct? Did any of you Says, see that? Join Bambi as he reunites with his father, the great prince who must now raise the young fawn and teach him the ways of the forest. However, in the adventure of a lifetime, the proud parent discovers that there is much he can learn from a spirited young son. So Bambi has to raise his kid now. Yes. Maybe eventually they 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 have to battle for the prince. Oh, that's interesting. I'm sure the animation sucks. Probably, because that was made by that sort of sub-company. There's a bunch of sequels made by the Disney Toon Studios, Mm -hmm. which I think recently closed. Did it? Yeah. Toy Story 2 was originally supposed to be direct-to-video, I believe. It was. Can you imagine that? I cannot. That would have been been very different. But if the movie was the same, I guess it would still have been popular. Just slap a 2 on it, so... Uh, but yeah, overall, I mean, this was a, uh, a definitely a, 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 a not even a metaphor. I mean, it was pretty literal for for seasons and life and change. And uh, but then uh, once Bambi's mom dies, whoo, who yeah. picks up there? I mean, I think my biggest complaint, and I really did enjoy it, was was how fast paced it was. Like, yeah. she gets shot, which as a kid I remember that being like a big deal, right? And it is a big deal, but they almost immediately forget it. Well, it moves on, moves on very quickly. They got, they have to, Rolfing. I don't know if you know how life in the woods is, man. You just gotta, <laughs> you gotta keep moving. You gotta keep moving, finding new feed. And but uh, yeah, that seems to be the cultural leave behind of this thing. The uh, residence is just Bambi's mom. I mean, everybody, it's like Old Yeller, or you know, I don't know. For me, it was uh, the miniseries V. When the uh, aliens came down, they had a they had a baby, and it uh, stuck its reptile tongue out and scared the bejesus <laughs> out of me. I will never forget that day. That baby you just had no regulation tongue. on what you were consuming as a no, child, did you? No, and there's why that you should not have. That still burns in my brain. Come on, every one of you has one of those. Which one really affected you? So uh, I think uh, mine was Fievel Goes West. Really? Apparently, I. I I cried when the what's the song the there's a really famous song from that movie. I have dysentery. No, gosh, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> okay. I don't know. There's a song that he sings. Oh, somewhere out there. Somewhere uh, out there. Yeah. I think eh, Sno- Sno- Snoopy goes home made me like he gets lost or something that like freaked me out as a kid. And it's fun seeing that my kids, uh, you know, get freaked out by this stuff too. Yeah. Faster. Faster, Bambi. 
So, so David, if you were to pick a favorite scene from this movie, what, what would you choose? Um, two scenes kind of stick out to me. And you mentioned the Fantasia vibes going on. And these two scenes both had kind of a different animation style. The first one was when um, Bambi almost gets trampled by the stampede of other deer. And it's like the animation style just totally changes. And they're like more like silhouette and like... I don't know. They make it seem very confusing, which is cool because Bambi obviously was confused. So that was a cool scene. Um, and then the other one was when Bambi is in his horny teenage years and get, wants his girl back. Um, and he fights that other deer and they like dim the lighting a ton and like darken it yes. probably to like hide the violence kind of. Um, but I thought that, that scene was pretty cool. Just like how they made it look and the whole fight scene was enjoyable. Nice. I think my favorite scene was the rain when it started raining. And everything was completely in sync with the music. Again, very Fantasia-esque. There was very little sound design in this movie overall, and it was there was a lot of music. The score was very prominent, and everything was very much in sync with it. And when it started doing... And all the drops were like falling in sync. It was, I was very impressed by that. I actually watched that sequence again just because of how unexpected it was kind of in the middle of this movie. Nice. I completely missed that. Um, <laughs> you, you appreciate the small things. I'll say, you know, you mentioned the stampede. I mean, I couldn't help but think of Echoes, you know, that Lion King sort of took from this as far as, you know, uh, a, a parental figure dying, sort of your fault, you know, Bambi, you should have moved, you should have moved, kept going. Uh, and then the, the stampede reminded me of kind of the, the gazelles from the Lion King and just sort of even some of the technology uh, that, uh, you know, would have, uh, would have been, they would have loved in 1940s. And also that, that scene on the frozen lake mm-hmm. was very impressive to me as well. A lot of movement, a lot of physics going on that someone literally sat there and drew that by hand and it was incredibly convincing and a very fun scene really anything with thumper i really liked i i I really liked him as a character i started looking for thumper action figures to add to my collection yeah that's what my (laughs) next question is what sort of licensing uh went on was there ever like a bambi video game the fawn's journey bambi the fawn's journey i don't know what this is oh japanese action platformer is this for real? This is the fake. This is something <laughs> fake. <laughs> there were definitely, um, prior to Smokey Bear, there were Bambi, like, forest, prevent forest fire commercials. Uh-huh. But they only allowed them to use the Bambi characters for so long, and that's where Smokey Bear came from, is they had to create something else, which is kind of interesting. But other than that, I was, you know, I'm a big theme park fan, Jeremy, if you didn't know that. And, yeah. uh and I could not think of any Bambi presence in the theme parks, nor did Google yield anything. It's interesting. Well, yeah. might, might be a licensing thing. Because, yeah, I'm not seeing beyond some storybooks and just, you know, there was one collectible figure. This is one Disney IP that is not, you know, merged out to death. Though there's a vintage Bambi thumper eating carrot plastic figurine. You might be interested at six ninety nine. <laughs> Buy it now. That's it? Yep. Yep. Hmm. 
Maybe you can find a Bambi Pez dispenser to add to your collection, Mike. Yeah, I actually don't have that many Pez dispensers. I, I got rid of a lot of them. I pared down some of my collection. Rolfing as a uh, <laughs> Imagineer, an unofficial Disney uh, <laughs> theme park engineer, what would you do? If you had to make a ride out of Bambi, what would you do? I think it would work well as your class as a classic dark ride. Mm-hmm. You know, like Snow White or like Pinocchio or where you go in and or like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride or Alice in Wonderland where you where you go, you know, you're in some sort of vehicle that moves through a right. bunch of scenes and you see animatronics. Um, it could theoretically work as some sort of log flume ride as well. Uh, you know, <laughs> you could re- you could replace a lot of the Splash Mountain characters with Bambi characters and you I mean, it would generally be the same thing. Are you sure it wouldn't be like a shooting gallery? You could do that as well. <laughs> there is a shooting gallery in Frontierland that I have never actually really looked at in detail. And yeah. I would not be there surprised if, deer in there. if occasionally some cast member, you know, decided to be a troll and put a thumper stuffed animal in there. I Yeah, I could see that being like the Winnie the Pooh. You know, where you're circling around and you go through the different forests and it rains and then Bambi and then it's kind of taking you through the arc of the movie, as it were, and you go into the winter thing. It's that's just it's interesting how how the merchandise is fairly limited. Oh, looks like Fungo did a thumper. Yeah, I saw that, but it was really expensive. Yes. Like it's out of print. 30 bucks. Yeah, that's a lot for a Funko. Yeah, but uh, definitely wartime. That could not have helped the release of this movie. Oh, yeah, man. and we talked about that in our Dumbo episode last week. There must have been some sort of influence. World War II was going on, and I don't know if America was quite in it. I guess they were in it because oh, yeah. Pearl Harbor, Pearl Harbor, had happened, and there were certain. There's certainly some subtext behind some of this whether intentional or not. Yeah, that couldn't have been a good distribution time. Uh, that but, as well. Uh, yeah. Not a lot of European audiences. Yeah, they weren't thinking of going to Bambi. But good escapism, especially for our uh, you know folks back home who were uh, working in the factories and things. What a perfect little uh, time to, to, to pass the iPad back to watch a little Bambi while uh, <laughs> Mom Rosie the Riveter <laughs> makes, some, <laughs> makes some tanks for Dad on the front line. Here you go. You go, oh, wait, we, we didn't have that. No, you just mixed up a lot of eras there. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Re-released six or seven times. That's crazy. That's how it used to be. I remember that. Yeah. You know, E.T. coming in and out of theaters, and it took forever for things to hit VHS. When are they going to put the Lord of the Rings back in theaters? That's what I want. <laughs> they did. It was called <laughs> The Hobbit. It was just like, okay, we're Windows good. It was awful. Yes, well, all those movies just like... It's like today, Hollywood just, you know, something's a mild success and you're just, it's like eating a dinner or something. You're like, Peter Jackson, that was a delicious feast. Thank you for Lord of the Rings, Two Towers and Return of the King. Mwah. Perfect, Peter. I guess I better be going now. Oh, well, stay. You know, don't you want The Hobbit? Well, maybe I'll take a little Hobbit. Why not? It was, it was pretty good. Oh, but you went another Hobbit. No, I really am good. I'm good. I was, I was good at Return of the King. I'm good. I was being nice in this Hobbit. Well, you went another Hobbit. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Three Hobbit movies. Okay, get get Guillermo on board. Yes. You know. And then and then whatever, and he's out. And it just sort of my God. By the end, everyone was sick of these these darn Hobbit movies. And then they released the extended editions, yes. which I have never watched. Yes, that's right. And now we're gonna get a whole Amazon uh, series Indeed. out of this thing. So we're gonna have Hobbits up the wazoo. All right. With with that tangent, we'll start wrapping this guy up. Um, Jeremy, on this show, 
we don't really have a rating system. We kind of it's it's arbitrary. <laughs> so we we rated Snow White out of seven dwarfs and and Dumbo out of. 50 10 or 10 pink elephants and so I, you need to establish the rating system for dumbo or sorry for bambi for us <laughs> well i guess i give it uh i don't know I me mean, look it's an animation classic any animation enthusiast is going to you know skin my hide for uh, uh, uh saying anything other than this is an absolute classic how dare you um i don't know i'll give it just a 3.5 deer sausages out of five Deer All sausages. right, it's pretty good, David. How many how many deer sausages would you give this? Um, man, I would probably give it a three three deer sausages out of five. Yeah, I mean the animation and the music I think stuck out to me the most. I really enjoyed the score. We mentioned that a bit. I definitely liked towards the like the second half of the movie more than the first half like i know if i was saw it in 1942 like the animation really would have wowed me um and it did like knowing how old it was but obviously i'm used to better animation these days so yeah three out of five deer sausages <laughs> and jeremy i think i'm i think i'm right with you 3.5 is, is solid in my mind. Yes. that's That means like pretty, pretty good. Yeah, well, it's very much of its time, though I can't imagine if I was in some, uh, you know, strange uh, Nazi uh, experiment lab and they gave you acid and just showed you this movie in 1942. You'd be out of your gourd watching <laughs> this leaves fall and just <laughs> the sheer animation of it all. You'd be crying. You'd, I just like, can you even imagine? Well, apparently, kind of it was. There were a number of things that they were developing that ended up being cut or changed, including the rain sequence was going to be from the perspective of the rain. So it was all about <laughs> I am falling, I am falling, and the, the, actually the song was even recorded, and it was like from a different perspective. There was even a sequence that they were working on where two leaves were falling and talking to each other. So there were some even weirder things that didn't actually make the final cut. Yeah, I'd seen a little bit of that. Like Disney would come in and talk about, you know, Bambi stepping on an anthill and then we'd zoom in on the ants and uh, yeah. makes you wonder who was on acid, huh? Huh, Walt? Well, our, our, our next two movies are, are Saludos Amigos and Three Caballeros. Have you seen Three Caballeros, Jeremy? Uh, no, but I live it. Uh, it sounds like you're in the dark, <laughs> racisty period. You need up. to watch Three Caballeros. <laughs> it is it is one of my favorites. Really? Do they? Is that one they they put in the vault? Talk about trippy. Really? And kind of racist. <laughs> it's for like 40 minutes long. I I, I highly recommend it. Uh, well, you're talking anyway, me into it. <laughs> uh, David, any final thoughts on Bambi? I think my only final thought would be. Bambi's mom's killing wasn't as jarring as I remembered as a kid. I was more jarred by the pigeon murder yeah. um, with his friends crying in terror. Bambi didn't even really notice, you know, until he was into the woods and just couldn't find her. So I agree with that, David. We need to start a campaign like underappreciated pop culture deaths. Like yeah. we all remember Bambi's mom, but you're so right. Like that one had like context and struggle. <laughs> it's, it's the Saving <laughs> Private Ryan opening scene for this bird. <laughs> just like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. No, no, God. It's not God. It thumbs down and stuff. These hunters are just going blood simple. I mean, well, and, just... and, and Jeremy, this is, it's a theme that we've noticed throughout these 
you know, Pinocchio, what do you think of? Do you think of the growing nose? Uh-huh. And that's literally 30 seconds of the movie. Dumbo, you think of the flying elephant, and that's maybe a, maybe a minute of the movie. Interesting. Um, it's just interesting what has stuck in pop culture and then how it actually was portrayed in the movie itself. Right, right, so, and all the so, lead up around it. So Mom's Death was definitely a great example of that. Jeremy, any final thoughts on this movie I made you watch? <laughs> well, you know, I'd say to uh, parents, maybe uh, uh, Disney parents, you know, uh, uh, this is definitely safe for kids beyond, uh, you know, I would say – any younger than five, you might have to answer some pretty hard questions on this. But so I'd, I'd give this one like a six and older rating uh, just for showing to kids uh, on my uh, Jeremy safe parental scale. Did you, did your kids watch it with you when you watched it? It couldn't keep my son's interest. He went off on played Fortnite uh, at 10 years old and then uh, but my daughter thought it was cute and and you know was into all of it and into the little animals talking to each other but she was you know wanted to know what happened to that darn bird and everything so but they didn't mention it later per se so uh yeah they've seen they've seen weirder stuff <laughs> I, I could probably could have guessed it wouldn't keep diego's attention but Mm-mm. He started to a little bit, but then after a while, just, yeah, that first half. But I think if we would have fast-forwarded to the mom getting wasted, he yeah, would have he would have yes, been, like, cheering on the hunters or something. There is a hunting rifle in Fortnite, so he would have liked that. Yes, he's probably looking <laughs> for Bambi somewhere in Fortnite to take out. So, uh, yeah, we don't even know if that one we ought to let him do it, because Fortnite's kind of cartoony, but they're blowing each other away. <laughs> he's 10 years old. He's on the bubble. It's like, uh, so we'll see. Raising Psycho. Yep, indeed. All right, with that, we will finish up this show Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us on Disney One by One. Oh, thanks for having me on and uh, success with the podcast. I hope people subscribe and leave a review. Yeah, which I was going to ask you to do, but now I don't have to. So, yes. David, thank you as well for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me back. It was another great Disney classic. Thank you for being his brother. <laughs> <laughs> and David and I will be back next week with, as I mentioned, Saludos Amigos. We're getting into some weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have another we'll have another special guest joining us so we will see you then gracias bye bye thanks for listening to the disney one by one podcast if you have any questions or suggestions send us an email to disney1x1 at gmail.com you can find us on instagram twitter and facebook at disney1x1 and at disney1x1.com We'll be back next week with another exciting episode of the Disney One by One podcast. Well, there you go. Talking about Bambi at 1025 p.m. You guys kept this old man way up past his bedtime. Holy mackerel. Okay. I know you as the guy with the best job of the hut impression, by the way. There you go. My, my kids were having me do that the other day. They were running through all the voices for the niece yeah. and nephew, which yeah. I I never had tried the Elmo before, but I had nailed it. <clears throat> it was like, Elmo says he wants you to go to bed right now. I'm going to summon the demon to complete out your insides. Huh? So anyway. <laughs>